So when you you wanted to you wanted to be a therapist at uni, and then you decided to train and everything. Did you when you first qualified? I guess did you sort of doubt yourself, and were you nervous to sort I think of do when it? You qualify as a therapist. It's a bit like when you pass a driving test. You kind of let loose on the road, and you still haven't really got fucking clue how to drive. <laughs> 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 it's only it's so the true. Couple of years, you're like, <laughs> oh, that's how you drive, and you end up not driving in the way they taught you at all. You make up your own driving no, like yeah, style, yeah. don't you? Yeah, but that's just like therapy. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Although you're not let loose in the sense that you're unmonitored because you have to have supervision and <coughs> continually train and stuff like that. Right. But but actually, the way I practice therapy now is completely different to what I practiced when I first qualified. I think when I first qualified, I was I my first private client being like laying awake at night in <laughs> the night before thinking, "Oh, what if this? What if that?" You know. Whereas now I don't even think. Well, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. I just I might be a moment or two beforehand think, "Oh, I've got a new client," but. I'm, I'm much more confident in my abilities now. And I think, it, you know, it's interesting because thinking about it now, where, where I am is where I've wanted to be for a long time, you know, yeah. in terms of personal life, career, well-being, you know, just it's felt like a fairly hard-won battle. Yeah. But I kind of do feel like... I'm being who I want to be and how I want to be. That's amazing. Which is nice, yeah. That's amazing, especially like if you think back to like sort of the little boy that first started school and how much he was sort of talked down to and then you think, fast forward it to now, if you could have yeah. just said like, it's going to be all right. Like I always yeah, say, right. I always say that's my friends like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if you could just get like a little <clears throat> snapshot into the future just to know if he's going to be all right. And yeah, my friends yeah. are like, no, that sounds like, I think that would jinx it and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I think it would be quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? But I think as well, would that mean you then take your eye off the ball? Mm. You know, would it mean you sort of, I don't know, there's something about the, the journey I've had has been tough in some ways, amazing in others, mm. but it's been, it, yeah, it's that thing, like life is not a problem to be fixed. Yeah. And we go through life continuously learning new things about ourselves and being open to that is, but it's really important. I always remember reading the book uh, where she was talking about, you know, the attitude we should have towards problems is, not that life should be problem free, but that whatever happens, I'll handle it. Yeah. And I think. Wow, that's so true. It is true, but because life is full of problems, and it's it's naive to think it won't be. I guess we get so caught up thinking that, like, oh, if I do this, then everything will be okay. Or if I do this, then it like it. And I, even like as a child, I've come sort of. Coming into my early 20s, I've done a lot of thinking, especially with the podcast, it's caused me to do a lot of reflection. And I think mm. as a child, you always thought that your parents were like, well, when you became an adult, I always used to think, well, when I'm an adult, everything will be fine. I won't have any issues. Like, I won't argue with any yeah. of my friends. I won't have any problems. And then you become a, like a young adult and you realise, well, actually, one, your parents are just people. They're not these like magical 
like superheroes that nothing goes wrong. And yeah. two, being an adult is just basically being a bigger kid. Like everything still goes on. Nothing, nothing ever gets fixed. Yeah, no. And, I, and it's interesting, that thing about how children view their parents, isn't it? Mm. I always remember the, the boys are 14 now and Jed said to me the other day, he said, Dad, I remember a time when I thought you knew everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a backhanded compliment, that one, isn't it? <laughs> but it's true, you do. You sort of, as a child, yeah. you look at your parents and you think, wow, they have all the answers and everything's fine and everything's sort of like constant for them. And then you yeah. sort of grow up and you think, no, it's just life is, like you say, it's not a problem to be solved. It's just you keep tackling each thing as it comes and it yeah, will keep coming and to be lived in one direction you know that you, we can't we can't see what's going to happen tomorrow so think about today and think about am i being who i want to be today mm. and, I, and i think that's kind of you know when i think about lily and the boys you know lily in different ways because she's older now she's nearly 28 and the but the boys are still going through school and stuff like that. And, and when I think about Jed and Noah, and I think, um, you know, that, that resilience, that ability, like Lily's chock full of resilience mm. these days, and that's great to see. But if they can be like her, they can be resilient in, in knowing that they are fine as they are, mm. and that, that that's good enough, that I feel like I've done a good job. I should say so. All right, yeah, I think that's that's all you want, really, isn't it? You just, I think, even as like a thinking back, because obviously being a teenager wasn't that that long ago for me. I remember just wanting to know that I was doing okay, that I was doing all yeah. right, and it was going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but but I don't, I don't know. Does anyone is that part of being a teenager? Is that like mm. I, I, yeah. I, I can only say from my experience, like. Didn't feel like that, and, and you're saying you didn't feel like that. But does it? it uh, maybe some people are brimming with self confidence and yeah. assurance. I don't know, but I'm um, certainly know not everyone is. No, to be honest, I think that no one is. People might have a better, might be better at hiding it and like pretending that they do they are fine but I think deep down everyone's just they're all everyone's a little bit insecure at that age aren't they and you're always yeah, just wanting someone yeah. just to say well done you're doing a good job <laughs> yeah that's it really isn't it? One, does it nah, and I'm always telling my kids how proud I am of them and yeah you know, uh, well Lily's an amazing mum got an amazing family the boys are you know good kind people it's, that's all you want, yeah. really. That's all I want for them, to be able to be who they need to be. And I think they see that in Nick and I, that we both, you know, Nick's doing a job that she loved and worked hard for and, and you know, soon to start a new part of her career. Mm. And I think they're important lessons for kids to see, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Do you ever sort of sit back and sort of reflect and look back on how far and like all the achievements that you've made and sort of how far you've come? Do you ever sort of do that and just think, wow, what a journey? And are you uh, proud of it? Because I think you should be. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Probably isn't uh, much coming uh, from uh, me, a 23-year-old, uh, well, no, but I think it's no, incredible. 
no, it's nice to hear. Thank you. No, no, I do hear that. And uh, I think... What do I think? I think... It's been, yeah, it's been a journey, that's for sure. Um, and I think, yeah, I am proud of myself. I think it depends on what day you catch me and which little narratives going off in my head at yeah. the time. But I, I think the the older I get, the more I recognise that sort of self-saboteur is just being a pain in the arse. And I can say to him, look, you can shut up. Right. And actually, there's another part of me that... It's done amazingly well and achieved a lot and achieved what I wanted to achieve and that I'm I am kinder to myself than I've ever been and and that you know, and that that life is good and so yeah, I'm I'm proud of myself. Um and I I think is what I was thinking when you first asked me that about the future as well, I'm thinking uh, you know, I wonder what because I feel like in some ways, particularly in my job anyway, when, when, I, when I've been qualified a while, and it took me, it takes a long time to build up a practice. Mm. Uh, one of my friends, friends said to me, that's really good, Mark, well done. What are you going to do now? And I thought, well, I don't want to do anything else now. <laughs> I just want to carry on doing this because I love it. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I, I kind of think, well, is that true? Is that, do, you know, are there... I'm thinking about work now, anyway, you know. Mm. Are there other achievements I want to think about in the future? I can't think of any at the moment, but I'm open to them, you know. Mm. But I think that, as you say, I think that's what's amazing about your story, especially, is that you sort of, going back again, like, as a child, you were kind of made to feel like you couldn't achieve anything. And now you're you're sort of sat here now, and you're like, well, the opportunities are endless for me. I I can do it. I I could do anything, and I think that's amazing. Well, I mean, I think there's an important distinction to make there. I think a lot of society made me feel like I couldn't do yeah. anything. My family. Sorry, that's what I meant. As at like school, that. yeah. They, yeah, yeah. They they always were encouraging on me and saw me for who I am, and I guess that provided me with a a sense of myself that where I could come from and say, "Well, yeah. I can do this." Because that, uh, you know, they were always behind me. So in from that, that aspect, you never for a second doubted yourself because you always had your parents sort of picking you back up, saying, "No, you've got this." Yeah, it kind of, kind of felt like, um, even though, like, again, because it was the eighties, yeah. you know, and people didn't talk about the feelings <laughs> back then, um, let alone have them, <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, I think even though. I didn't have the words for that. I knew it in my bones. Yeah. So, like, we didn't say, how was school? What was it? How are you coping with this, that or the other? But I knew that the intention to care about yeah. that was there. I think that's good. Yeah, and I think it was... Uh, I think it took me a while to realise that it had been there all along, but just in a, like a non-verbal yeah, way, you know? like a feeling. Yeah, yeah. And I think it kind of offset... offset that sense of feeling shame. So, like, out in the world, I felt shame. At home, I felt normal. Yeah. Jeez, that bloody word. <laughs> what is normal? <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. No, but I think... I just think it's incredible, and I sort of... Like, your 
just talking to you I just find it amazing and I think it's not it shouldn't be like this but almost it makes me sort of think well if you can sort of go through the struggles that you went through and you still are so resilient and you come you came through the other side and you have got so much like confidence in yourself and who you are that makes me think well is he you're fine like you got this do you know what I mean and it's not the same you shouldn't compare no but I definitely think that uh, and someone kind of told me this but I also think this is true for a lot of my clients because I'm quite transparent you know a lot of people therapists work in different ways and one of the ways I work is in something called a relational way which means that uh, you know, we we live our lives in relationship, and one of those relationships is with your therapist. Mm. And so, I don't hide much about myself in terms of I'm very careful about what I share. Yeah. But if someone asks me about my disability, I'll tell them. But then I'll explore their feelings about it afterwards. Mm. Uh, but I, and so most of my clients. I've had a kind of conversation around it at some point or another because I tend to work long-term with people as well. Mm. But I definitely feel like that for some of them, the sense that they've seen me overcome something helps them to feel that they can as well. Yeah, but I think it's strength in numbers, isn't it, with anything? Like if you see one person do something, then you think, okay, like if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, and and if they've got a roadmap of how to do it, mm. that helps. Too. That definitely helps. They're <laughs> <laughs> not that there's a prescribed way of dealing with problems, but there is a prescribed way of saying how do I deal with my problems? Yeah, you know, how how do I approach them? Like a mindset in thing. A way that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think schools talk about that a bit the growth mindset, don't they? Yeah. Which is, it just blows my mind that it's changed so much. Is it weird yeah. to see? Like, obviously, it's an, it's good and it's amazing. And I imagine that you're so, like, you're so relieved that it's come so far. But is it weird? Because obviously, you've gone from sort of one, you've kind of gone from like zero to 100 in a sense, if you think about when you yeah. were at school to what it's like at school now. Like, they've just brought in the, like, a mental health act, haven't they? Like, kids will be offered yeah. therapy and counselling and things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's amazing. I think one of the things that blew my mind the most was when Lily went to the middle school that me and Nick both went to. She had a friend who was in her... uh, who was a wheelchair user. And um, uh, one of the the things that the school arranged for um, this particular person... Um, was to have a what they called a circle of friends, and that group of friends all spent some, which of which Lily was one of them, all spent some time in a wheelchair for an hour or so oh, to really? go to the school to see what it was like for this other person. Wow! And I thought, oh my god, that same school twenty years before <laughs> was hideous. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of the way they dealt with things. Wow, that's amazing. So that felt really heartening. Mm. Yeah, for me, at the time when that happened, I found it really emotional. I can imagine. It was like, you know, what if I'd had that? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, you know, I wonder what would have been different. But, you know, we, we can't 
undo the past. No, I mean, there's no, like I said before, isn't like, and I think you've even said, there's no point wondering what if, because it's, it is, it's kind of pointless, isn't it? It is what it is, and we have to take the best bits out of these things, aren't we? And, you know, and uh, as you say, I'm, I'm proud of who I've become, and, and in a sense, I'm more proud of it because, because of the struggle. Yeah. You know, it, it was, if it was easy street... Yeah. Well, there's less to be, well, maybe not less, but I'd be proud of it in a different way. Yeah, for sure. I just, I remember, obviously, on our previous call when we were sort of just getting to know each other a bit more, you said something that really stuck out to me, and it was that you went from someone who needed help to be the one to help, like, in who, where yeah. you are now. And I just thought, isn't that amazing for you to sort of sit and realise that that's where you're at now it's phenomenal really it feel i feel very honored to do that as well i feel I, I, yeah i feel like for the most part i've healed those wounds and and i'm in a very fortunate position to be able to help others heal theirs and and more you know you know mm. to to sort of navigate the journey of life if you like yeah I just don't deal with kind of short-term therapy because I, I, it's definitely got a place, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But but I think it's over before it's begun. And mm. I think therapy is a long-term journey for for many reasons, not less that this stuff takes time. Yeah. It took me... I first had therapy when I was 23. Yeah. You know, and it was... Albeit then it was brief, but I've been in and out of therapy for years and so long as I can afford it I would always have it yeah because why why wouldn't I yeah why would I not give that gift to myself I guess a lot of people and I even said this in a previous episode that I I I have therapy now and I it took me a while to sort of say oh actually I I mean I had it before years ago but again that was very Mm. short term because my therapist at the time was sort of was like oh I think we sort of come to the end of things now like you (laughs) seem to have and I was like, okay, bye then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought we'd just get started. Well, I'd kind of like to just keep going, but anyway. <laughs> but um, I this time round, I sort of said to myself, especially during the pandemic, it was kind of a case of, oh, I know that a lot of people are struggling more than me. I don't know if I need it as much as like other people. And then mm. one of my friends, I think it was even Jess, was like, Izzy, what does that even mean? Like, if you feel like you want to talk about something, go and talk about it. Like, there's no such thing as, like, a level and you reach a certain level and then you need therapy. No. And in fact, you know, people, again, you know, particularly in British culture, tend to presume you have to be in crisis before you go into therapy. Mm. And for me, I spend the first part of therapy getting people out of crisis and then into a place where we can work on what got them into crisis in the first place. Right, yeah. Uh, and that's a bit that takes time. Yeah. And and it's a bit like, you know, if you want to get fit, you go to the gym. You don't go to the gym for six weeks, lose half a stone and then go, right, I'm done now. No. You, you carry on, don't you? Yeah. You know, it's part of, it's part of what helps daily life. That's actually so true. I never, I've never thought about it like that in terms of the gym analogy. I've actually never thought about it like that. I kind of thought it was more of a case of, kind of think like in the back of my head, I kind of felt like, oh, okay, well, I get to a point where I've, I'm okay, like not okay, but 
you sort of reach an ending you point. Don't need it. Yeah. Don't yeah. need it anymore. And, and that's important for some people to get to that point. But it's also important to say, I don't have to stop. I could do this for as long as I want. Because I don't know about you, but I've never had a therapy session where I've been the client where I thought, well, that was a fucking waste of time. Yeah, no, I haven't. I've, I've always learned something new about myself, even after many, many years of therapy. Yeah, I think, I guess, yeah. I'm just, I personally can be quite hard on myself and I think, oh, like, am I wasting people's time? Like, nothing's terrible. Do you know what I mean? It's again, yeah, yeah. there's no crisis point right now. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be terrible for you to... For it to be worth it. Therapy. Yeah, <laughs> which is so stupid when I say it out yeah. loud. It's so stupid. Mm. Yeah, that's the equivalent of me saying, well, I've got to be at least two stone overweight before I go to a gym. <laughs> no, go to a gym because I, I want to get yeah, fit. Yeah, that is... Li- li- yeah, you've completely... You've blown my mind a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that is... That perspective is very common. Mm. You know, the one of the most common questions... People ask when they first come to therapy, is this, how many sessions do you think I'll need? Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm, I, if I can, I never answer it. Because I just think, well, why do you need to know the answer to that question? Yeah. You're already thinking about stopping before you've even started. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I guess if you do sort of think in your head, oh, it's, for example, 10 sessions, then you're kind of almost limiting yourself and to what you yeah. how far you get into things because you think oh I can't do that because it's going to take up my 10 sessions yeah uh, and yeah you know, a lot can be done in 10 sessions don't get me wrong yeah not not saying anything less than a year is rubbish I'm not saying that at all but but I just kind of think it's such a gift mm. it's yeah it's such a special thing to be able to have a space where you can go and talk to someone about anything you want without judgment without kind of feeling shame without feeling embarrassed and that that person's skilled and trained to help you understand those processes within you and put them into context of your life and your relationships what a treat yeah it is it is amazing it really is and and so i think there would always be space for short-term therapy but I think, mm. for me, it would always be something longer term. Yeah, definitely. I guess it's each to their own, isn't it, as well? Like, some people might feel more comfortable having short term, like, in their head, going yeah. for short term. And they might end up doing it long term. You never know. Yeah, they often come back. <laughs> yeah. People come for three months, say, oh, I'm fine now, and say, OK, bye. And then, like, a year later or six weeks later... Yeah, you get a phone call, which is great. It's yeah. great on two counts. On one count that they feel they want to come back and see me, mm. on another count that they've found a space within themselves yeah. where they're open to doing more. Is it, it's definitely a little, not addictive. Addictive is kind of the wrong word, but you definitely do want to keep coming back because you just gain so much from it. But Yeah, but I think it's you've got to have the right therapist as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. Yeah, you know, I've things and pretty good and pretty ropey therapists over the years yeah. <laughs> and some are it's like it's like a friendship isn't it yeah you're not gonna get on with everyone all the time no you know friends sometimes ask me oh how do i find a therapist i'll say to them my stock answer which is go and see someone see them three or four times 
And if you like them at the end of that, stay for a year. Because yeah. three or four times is enough to kind of get a kind of feel of how you feel about talking to someone. Mm. And then after that, the rest of it is resistance and, you know, yeah. subconscious playing out saying, oh, I don't need this or trying to avoid it, you know. Yeah, trial and, trial and error. <laughs> yeah, because it's a big investment. Mm. Yeah, you know, not least financially, but also emotionally. Definitely. And if you're doing it with someone who doesn't feel right, it's going to be a waste. So if there was one piece of advice that you'd give to your younger self, what would it be? Uh, so, yeah, I've given this a lot of thought and, and the word that comes back to me over and over again is normal and... I remember right from when I was young, um, I used to go back to Great Ormond Street Hospital annually for like an annual checkup. Right. And um, uh, I think it's because, you know, where they'd said to my mum and dad that they'd expected me to be more profoundly disabled than I was mm. because of the amount of the lack of oxygen I'd had indicated to them I wouldn't survive. And yet I did. They wanted to kind of follow my progress. And I remember Mm -hmm. going uh, to one of these appointments, uh, probably somewhere between 13 and 15, saying to the consultant, when will I be normal? Really? And he said, well, well, you'll never be normal. And he's clipped. Um, un-bedside manner. That's terrible, <laughs> and, bedside uh, manner. Yeah, I know. It was, uh, and I remember feeling quite deflated by that for a long time. Uh, when I spoke to my mum about it, she kind of said, yeah, I, I, I didn't know where that came from. I didn't know you'd been kind of harbouring that thought around mm. wanting to be normal. And I kind of thought, well... I don't know, I'd, I'd really thought it through, but I definitely had always wanted to be normal. And I, and I guess the bit of advice I would give myself is normal's the wrong word. Mm. It's not, it's, it should have been when will I find acceptance or peace or love for myself. Yeah. Because I think that would have changed a lot because it would have said to myself, normal, as we've already established, is boring. Yeah. And as I am, I'm fine, but it might be difficult. But to find that peace would have been good. Yeah. Uh, And I think it would have made my journey shorter in some ways. Yeah. I think I would have got there quicker. Yeah, battled a little bit less of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that that would be the advice, I think. I think that's amazing advice to your younger self and I think everyone could probably take that little piece of advice to be honest because yeah I think like we said before it being a teenager everyone kind of has their own struggles don't they in their own way yeah yeah and wants to fit in in one way or another yeah actually I'm for the most part love my disability now good yeah it's something I'm I'm proud of and kind of share comfortably and and I think it's amazing that that's 
that's so important that people recognise that their difference is a positive. Yeah. The things that, the things that make us different should be celebrated. Yeah, definitely. And I think like even now, like at twenty three, like I'm still sort of battle with that sometimes. That sort of finding peace with who I am. Like, I think it's, I guess it's something yeah. that you always battle with a little bit, and it's only as you get older, maybe you, I don't know. Do you think? Yeah, well, I think it's partly getting older. I think it's also partly having that uh, resource of being a parent, a therapist, a friend mm. who can say to you, yeah, you're fine as you are. Yeah. We love you as you are, kind of thing. That I think that's that's the, the key, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been amazing. Like so, so inspiring, so incredible. You're a pleasure to talk to. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. And thank you for opening up so much. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Uh, And uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thanks.